Welcome to the New Birth Baptist Church Pulpit Podcast, a weekly service brought to you from the sanctuary of New Birth Baptist Church in Walnut Cove, North Carolina. We pray these messages and these sermons will be a help to you in your daily walk, and we look forward to you subscribing and coming back every day. May God bless you and have a wonderful day. Folks, I I hope you invite people in, share it. Hit the share button this morning. People need to hear the truth, not just because it's coming from me, not just because it's New Birth Baptist Church, but I believe we're a vessel. I believe I'm a willing vessel this morning, and you ought to be a willing vessel this morning as well to hit that share button and get this gospel message out because people are hurting. Now, folks, I'm going to try to do some controlling this morning of of the camera because I need to show you something before I preach this morning. I want you to humble yourselves as a little child. I want you to open up your ears and your mind as if you're a child, not knowing a lot, but needing a lot. Go back to the times that you played. Go back to the times that you were able to get in the floor and and just and, and crawl all over the place and roll all over the place and, and, and go back to the time where you ask a lot of questions. Go back to the time when you were doing things and, and parents or grandparents would come and say, that's good, that's not good. Oh, here's the way you do this. Here's the way you don't do this. Here's the way you stay safe. And so as you were, whether you knew it or not, as you were playing as a child, as you were playing on a, in the floor, I'm going to show you this this morning. Uh, I'm hoping that the, the camera is moving. Uh, I don't know that it is. Uh, yeah, it's moving. And sorry for, for any hiccups this morning. Um, but I'm going to try to do this this morning. My, my, my picture here is a little bit delayed. Uh, I'm hoping that you're looking at the blocks in front of me. And I'm going to step down this morning. And I want you to, I'm going to carry this with me so I can see what's going on because this, this is difficult this morning to, to deal with by myself. But I want you to see something here. I've got some blocks. I've got just regular old kid blocks out of the nursery this morning. And they're all scattered about. Early on, you would just take one block and, and maybe as a toddler, you would just throw it across the room. Just toss it. Or you would use it as a car, not even knowing that it's not a car. You'd just run it all over the place and and play with it. But over time, somebody would begin to show you that there's a pattern to this, that there's a there's a purpose of these blocks. There's a there's a there's a a use for these blocks. And there's an organizational structure to these blocks. Yeah, of course, you, you didn't care about this as a child, and you really probably don't care about it now, all of these fancy words. But I want you to see that as a child with time, you began to use them in a specific way. You took each one, and somebody, somebody showed you how to stack them. Somebody showed you how to put them together. Somebody showed you that you could actually build something that looked like something. And I'm hoping you can see this this morning. I didn't want to zoom in too much this morning. But I want you to see that each one of these blocks in life represents something to you. As a child, you began to build your knowledge. 
You began to understand things. You began to, to put this all together, and it began to make sense. Uh, I can remember sitting down in kindergarten at Lawsonville Elementary as I was volunteering and reading with children, and I, we would go through and learn how to put sentences together, put words together, put letters together, all to build something that made sense. Sherry does it every day. Teachers all over this United States build what kids need to know on a daily basis, starting with a simple letter of even how to pronounce that letter, to form their mouth, to form their tongue, to, to form their lips, what to do with their teeth. And you wouldn't think that that's a, a big deal, but to a kindergartner it is. It doesn't know how to go for an F. But over time, you built blocks, you built knowledge, you built understanding, you, you built from experience. Believe me, kids learn from experience as well, and they're learning from the experience of being in church today. They're learning how to listen. They're learning how to, to put God's Word together even at a young age. And you yourself are still learning. You're still learning how to take all of this craziness that's out there. Now, see, this is, this is sometimes the way that we do things. This is, this is sometimes the way that things feel. They're all disorganized, and they're, they're, they're not balanced. And, and at any moment, something could happen to tilt it all over and make it all fall apart. But what do you do? You start over again. You take those blocks. You take those experiences. You take those circumstances. You take those problems. You take those crying spells. You take those weak spells. You take those... Um, angry spells, and you learn from them. And with time, you're able to build something that looks meaningful. Peter did this in 1 Peter chapter number 4. He took what he had, and in fact, I'm just going to take this now, and I'm sorry to, to put my back to you, but I'm going to try to set this up in front of me. And then I'm going to go back up here, and I'm going to try to bring to you this morning what Peter said to the church, what he said to the people, what he said to, to us. And I want you to see this morning, I'm going I'm to even zoom in just a little bit more so you can, you, you can see me. I'm going I'm to see how this does this morning. I want you to see these blocks sitting in front of me because they represent what Peter's doing in, in his message and what God's doing in your life. He's taking everything that you have. He's taking your experiences. He's taking your troubles. He's taking your sorrows. He's taking your, your mistakes. He's taking every single aspect of your life and putting it together in a way that makes sense. Although it may not make sense to us. It may not make sense to us right now. It, it, in fact, it may even be making you angry what's going on in your life right now. I'll be making you sad of what's going on in your life right now. It may make it, be making you confused right now, but with time, God takes all of these blocks, and even though he may have to rearrange them every now and then, he ends up right back where he started. You see what I just did? I took blocks and I moved them. All I did was rearrange the blocks, but I ended up right back in this, with the same structure. So that's what happens to you. 
Things get disorganized sometimes. Things get out of place. And you have to realize that you've got to be, be able to study God's Word and be able to understand what He's trying to do in your life to put it all back in order. But that takes time. And unfortunately, that takes patience. It takes troubles. It takes trials. It takes tribulation. Paul said it in, in uh, Romans chapter 5, what, it, what all it does that experience worketh patience and patience, well, excuse me, that tribulation worketh patience and patient experience and in the end experience hope. And that's what we're going to get to today. I want you to understand that this is the Peter that is writing what I'm going to read to you today. It's not the same Peter that was walking this earth with Jesus. The Peter that was walking this earth was G with Jesus hadn't learned from experience yet, hadn't learned from suffering yet, hadn't learned from the death of Christ yet, hadn't learned from the times of where he denied the Lord. This is not the weak, wavering Peter who denied Christ. This now is the Peter who speaks from experience. This is the Peter that had all of his blocks all over the place that he was talking before he was speaking, uh, but th talking before he was thinking. Words would come out that he, that he felt were, were best at the moment, but, but they were not guided by Christ. They were not guided by uh, the Lord. They were not guided by the Word of God. But with time, he put his life back together. But it took a lot of trouble. This is the Peter now that we're talking about that was plagued by years of suffering and trials and troubles. Folks, believe me, he was told to stop preaching the gospel. He was told that he could no longer do it, but he did it anyway. And he suffered because of that, cast into prison and eventually crucified upside down for preaching the gospel. So his blocks were all out of order, but God put them back together. But it took time, it took experience, it took suffering, it took troubles, it took trials, it even took death for Peter's life to look like it was meaningful. And in his message in 1 Peter chapter 4, he, 1 Peter in general, he has, a, he has a message of encouragement to begin with. So go ahead and turn to 1 Peter. The Lord did one thing, and that was he gave instruction to his disciples. Two of the things he asked, the, uh, the instructed the disciples to do that we need to do today was to be an encourager, to give instructions, to strengthen the people, and to feed the flock. And that's what I'm trying to do this morning. In fact, you can see over in verse number uh, two of chapter number five, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. And that's my job this morning, but it's also your job to take it and run with it. So I want you to see in 1 Peter this morning some, some key phrases that he sets the stage to get to a place where he wants us to see how the Lord is working in our life and how he's taken the chaos, he's taken all of the, the different things that are bothering us that are all over the place that don't seem meaningful yet. In fact, some things are even missing. So we'll take one block away from us this morning. He wants us to know in verse number 5 of chapter number 1, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are kept by the Lord through all of our difficulties and all of our troubles. 
And we ought to rejoice, verse number five, seven, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Jesus Christ. The Lord is here this morning, and I wish y'all were. He wants us to know that he's still in control. And he has a desire for us. And he's going to use all of these aspects of life to do one thing. The end goal is verse number 16, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. All that we're facing, all that we're dealing with, all the difficulties, we're doing one thing. It's leading us to holiness. It's leading us to being more like Christ. It's leading us to strengthen us. And I will say this, uh, Warren Wiersbe said that the Lord will do anything, will do anything in our life to achieve holiness, anything. So you be thinking about that this morning as we move forward. In verse number two, he, he tells us that we're going to get angry, we're going to get disgusted, we're going to get discouraged, we're, we're going to get mad, we're going to get sad, we're going to get weak, we're going to get um, debilitated. But he says here in chapter number two, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings, it says here, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. He wants us to grow towards holiness, but oh, we have to get rid of some things in the process. And for us to get rid of those things, the Lord is going to allow things to come into our life. The Lord is going to allow things to, to, to influence us. I mean, he just I want you to keep in mind that it was the Lord that looked at Satan and said, have you considered my servant Job? It wasn't, the, it wasn't Satan bringing Job to the situation. It was God bringing Job to the situation. And he may be doing the same thing with all of us. But he's, uh, he's allowing things to come into our life that the trial of our faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We're being tried. What would we do? How will we come out on the other side? I want you to keep all of these things in mind. And he says that we have to lay things aside. We have to turn things over to him. And we have to move ahead. In verse number 12, it says of chapter number 2, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that may be your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. He says there's going to be a lot of junk out there, but our conduct, our conversation, our words, our actions, even in the midst of difficulties, even in the midst of trials, they have to be of goodness. Verse 19, for this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when we be buffeted for our faults, 
ye shall take it patiently. But if, when we do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, that is acceptable unto God. For even whereunto we were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth right, righteously, who in his own self bare our sins, in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The sheep were going astray, scattered all over the place. But here comes Jesus. And he takes all your troubles and all your trials and all your difficulties and he puts them back in order again. But it took suffering. It took trials. It took difficulties. It took pain. And here we get to verse, to chapter number four. Listen to these words. For as much then as Christ, Lord help me. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the, with the same mind. For he that suffers in the flesh hath ceased from sin. That he, being, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked past tense in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you. You're going to be a different person after all of these difficulties. You're going to be a different person after all of these trials and this suffering. And as a result, you're going to walk closer to the Lord. You're going to become more holy because he's commanded us, be ye holy for I am holy. But it's going to take difficulties. It's going to take time. And the world is going to look at you and say, why have you changed? Why are you not walking with me anymore? Why are you not going to the same places anymore? Why do you not talk the same way anymore? Why do you not look the same way anymore? Why do you not act the same way anymore? They're going to think you're strange. Keep that word in mind. Who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The times that we're in demand the Christian to be biblical, to be holy, to be righteous, to pray, to, to not succumb to the difficulties and the trials and the troubles, but to become even stronger. Paul said it. He says, I rather glory in my infirmities. And he goes on to say that when I am weak, then I am strong. God doesn't want you operating under your own power because you get the credit. He doesn't want you to take the credit for all that you've accomplished and where you're going and what you've done. He wants him. 
He's a jealous God. He doesn't want you worshiping the God of self. He doesn't want you to worship the gods of this world. He wants you to stay focused on him throughout all of your troubles, throughout all of your difficulties, throughout all of your trials, and that the end of all things is at hand. Be ye sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Folks, love has to be a part not only a part, but the whole. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You have to keep in mind that he's already told you that suffering is going to come, that suffering is going to be a part of your life, but we take that suffering and we give it to God, we give it to him, he turns it into a miraculous growth period where we grow closer to him, we become more holy. He's not using this for your destruction. He's not using this for your demise. He's using this for your good and for your holiness, for all things work together for good to those who call to love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He doesn't waste time with you. He doesn't waste a circumstance with you. He doesn't waste anything. He's building you up. He's taking every aspect of your life and turning it into good turning it into help, turning it into something that glorifies God, not you. But there's going to take time and it's going to take suffering. And guess where he starts, folks? Folks, I'm, 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 I'm cramming 10 messages into one this morning. But I think this message is right for the time. But guess where he starts? He doesn't start with the world. He doesn't care what they're doing. He wants that everybody to be saved. He's willing that none should perish, but all should come to the repentance. All should accept him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He still desires that. He wants that. He wants you to do it. He wants me to do it. He wants all the world. He's willing that none should perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But we're in a time now that he is focusing on one group the world is going to get its judgment. The world is going to have its heyday. The world is going to have its time. But right now he is focusing on one place for the time has come, verse 17, that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Don't turn to the world and ask, ask them to solve your problems. Don't turn to the world and, and try to get them to, to help you and to help the church and to help the cause that's out there because they're about themselves. God wants the church, and he's going to put it through a time of testing, and we're there. We are right in the middle of God testing the Christian and the church, seeing what we're going to do. And he said it has to start here first. And it says, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, <coughs> where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God, listen, did you hear that? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as until a faithful creator. We can't waste the circumstances that we're in. We can't waste our troubles because God's using them. 
folks, we're going through a time. We need to be fed, and that's my job to you, and I pray that I'm doing that this morning. Verse number 6 of chapter number 5, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, before I read on, your life may be scattered. Your life may be troubled. You may have pain. You may have suffering. You may have loss. You may have a medical problem. You may have a financial problem. You may have a marital problem. Look at all of this. That's what the world sees. They see chaos. They see disorder. They see it scattered all over the place. They see that this is your mind. But it says here that we have to do, we have to do this. We have to commit the keeping of our soul to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Don't try to figure out what God's up to. He's already told you the, the crux of it. And he says, be ye holy for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. So now, humble yourselves before God. Humble yourselves and give it to him and watch what he does. Watch how he takes all the disorder in your life. Watch how he takes all the circumstances in your life. Watch how he takes all the pain in your life and he builds something special. He puts it all back together in your mind that you see it his way because it says that we ought to have the mind of Christ. If it's all scattered, that's not the mind of Christ. If it's, if it's disorder in your life, that's not the mind of Christ. If it's, if it's not making any sense... That's not the mind of Christ. Now, we're not going to have perfect knowledge. We're not going to have perfect sense. We're not going to have all of that in this body and in this flesh. It says that we need the knowledge of God. It says that we need the knowledge of Him and by Him and through Him so that when all of this happens, when everything becomes disarrayed again, and believe me, it's not always going to stay nice and orderly. It's going to look like this a lot, but it don't have to stay that way because verse number seven, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Be sober, clear-minded, be vigilant, don't give up because your adversary, listen, he wants it to stay like this. In fact, he wants things to just disappear. He wants you to become so minimal. He wants you to become so discouraged that you feel like that there's nothing left. 
Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may desire, devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, you listening, are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Folks, I want you to know that you and I we're going through a troubled time. We're going through a difficult time. Verse number 12 of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to put all these back up here, some scattered, some not, because this is where we stay most of the time. <clears throat> It says in verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you. Listen. Beloved, think it not strange. Let me, let me break this down. You that are loved by God, don't think it's out of the ordinary and that you're the only one going through this. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to fiery trial, which is to try you. That's a, this is a life test that you're in right now. This is a spiritual test that you're in right now. And he is constantly refining you that you become holy. He says, think it not strange that you're going through this. Don't, don't feel alone in this because everybody else is going through this too that believes God, that follows after God. As though some strange thing happened to you and you alone. Don't, don't look at this as God's doing something to you. He's doing something in you. It says, verse 13, but rejoice. And as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, the Bible says, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. And that's when he gets into the church. Allow God to take all that's happened to you. Allow God to take the circumstances. Allow God to take the pain. Allow God to take the suffering. Allow him to take all of the disarray. You may feel like things are completely upside down, wondering which way you're going to turn. Even in the next minute, folks get to the place that it's not about tomorrow. It's about the next minute. It's about the next hour. It's about the next step. It's about the next decision. And you get discombobulated, you get, you get torn apart spiritually, you get torn apart mentally, you get torn apart emotionally. And the devil is walking about, and all he's doing is looking for this disarray. He's looking for this confusion. He's looking for this disorder. 
He's looking to destroy parts of you. But God is trying to make you holy through the fiery trial that you're going through. He's not making you worse. He's making you better. He's not tearing you down. He's building you up. He's not devouring you. He's consuming you. That you would be consumed in Him. Folks, we live in a time where every day, I honestly believe, from here on out, is going to endure pain. Is going to endure hardship. If you're a Christian, if you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you believe in the power of salvation, if you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, if you believe in his return, and you believe in his millennial reign and eternal reign, and you believe in the rapture of the church, and you believe in the great tribulation period that will come, and you believe that people will still be saved, and you believe that you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ from here on out, you will suffer for what you stand for. You will be tested. You will be tried. You will be put to the test. You will be, it says, by fire. What is that? Not literally walking through fire, but walking through troubled times walking through things that are going to be painful, through things that are going to disrupt you, through things that are going to turn you upside down. They're going to, they're going to attack your family. Listen, folks, the pulpit is being attacked, and, and, uh, attacked today, and he's coming after the children of the pastor. He's coming after the wife of the pastor. He's coming after the church of the pastor, and he's trying to cause disorder. He's trying to cause separation. Look where we're at. But God is allowing it because he believes that the remnant will stay. He believes that the faithful will return. He believes that those uh, that are not in the devil's world, that are not worshiping the world, he believes that they are going to come back, that they are going to stay firm, that they're going to endure this, what this Bible says. Second Timothy, words that are brought out, hold fast the form of sound words. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel. He says, endure. He says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they, in, uh, they do gender strife. Instruct those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. It says, but in verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast seen assured of, been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And he says, I charge thee therefore before God. Preach the word, be instant, be, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, reprove rebuke, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be 
offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that also love his appearing. The Lord wants us to, to get through this. He wants us to push on. doesn't want us to lay down. doesn't want us to crawl in a corner. He doesn't want us to, to shut the doors of the church. He doesn't want us to close up the Bible. He doesn't want our, our words to be uh, of the world and not of him. God is still on the throne, folks, and nothing we go through, nothing surprises him. Nothing changes his course. It's all for his glory. It's all for our betterment. It's all for our holiness that we push through and see all of these things that are happening to us. We ought to be an encouraging word to, to one another, not tearing others down. We ought to be instructing people in truth, not lies. We ought to ignore the things of the world and follow after the things of God. We ought to be able to strengthen one another, not make each other weak through our words and through our actions. We ought to be ready to feed our children the word of God. We ought to be able to feed the grandchildren the Word of God. We ought to be able to feed our co-workers, our friends, our family the Word of God. We're going to get victory through this suffering because Christ has already won the battle. He's already paid the price. And you and I, because we believe in Christ, are going to suffer, are going to go through troubled times, are going to have to deal with what's in front of us. But we can't turn away. We can't lay down. We can't give up hope. We have to keep pushing forward because I'll tell you this, there's hope. Titus chapter number th uh, four, 2, verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world, looking for that blessed hope and the a glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That means desiring them. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. But the devil is walking about, seeking whom he may devour, trying to tear us down. Who is going to win in this? Are you going to let the devil win or are you going to let the Word of God stand? Are you going to let the Holy Spirit work inside of you or are you going to let the Spirit of Antichrist work in you? Because they're both there. They're both present and accounted for. Which one is going to win out in you? You're going to have to struggle through this. You're going to have to pray through this. You're going to have to fast through this. You're going to have to give all that you've got through this, and there's going to be sacrifice involved. You're going to have to give up some things that you hold so dear that you may draw closer to Christ that you may do more for what the Christ that Christ says that excuse me we ought to be doing for the church not for the world I said this morning in my message if he came back today what would he find you doing how would he find your state of mind how would he find your heart would it be in despair would it be in doubt would it be in destruction or would it be in towards the divine presence of Christ would he be able to present you without blemish before God? Are we ready, the Bible says? Do we present ourselves as ready? When you go and you read what the Bible says about being ready, he says that we always, we have to be ready to present ourselves. 
It says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify, set apart, set apart the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Peter was laying it out. Peter was thinking back over his life, thinking back on all that he experienced as walking around seeing Christ being there in his presence, being asked questions by Christ, being instructed by Christ, being taught how to pray, being taught the very will of God, being told the very end times that were going to be happening, being told what it means to be a Christian, how it means to turn away from the world, but yet he still made mistakes. The very same day, the very same conversation the very same moment that he looked at Christ and he says, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God. In the very next sentence, Christ had to look at him and say, get behind thee, Satan. Because even then, the devil was influencing the words of Peter. And Peter learned from experience, learned from the suffering, learned from the trials, learned from the moment that the guards came into the Garden of Eden and Judas gave him the kiss of death. And Peter drew the sword and cut the, cut the ear off, and, and, and Jesus looked at him and said, Stop, put your sword away, and he healed the soldier right there. What in the world did Peter learn at those moments in time where Christ rebuked him and told him to stop? And then he saw the miracle of physical healing that took place in an instant. All of those experiences in his life, when he was at the fire and at the barrel warming his hands, and people started coming and saying, you, you were there. You know this man. And he says, I don't know who this man is. I don't know anything about this man. And did it three times just as Christ prophesied. And then here the rooster crows. And he takes off running in tears. Stays in the background watching Christ being presented before Pilate. Not even, not even bold enough to step into the presence and tell people about Christ. But stayed in the background. But oh, after he died, all of those experiences came rushing back. And he starts to write 1 Peter, 2 Peter. This is a different Peter because of his suffering. This is a different Peter because of the trials. This is a different Peter because of the mistakes. This is a different Peter because of what the Holy Ghost did with him in the future. And he preached and thousands were saved. Peter changed, became more holy, became more righteous, became closer to God because of all of life's experience that were put before him. We got to do this together. We can't do it apart. The church has to remain bonded, bound by love, not by sin. Folks, as long as we come through the doors of this church and drag sin into the pews of this church, don't expect God to show up but for one purpose, and that is to hear your confession, to see your repentance, and to see you change. Don't drag it in here, all smiles, 
and expect God to work. Now, you come through the doors of this church, as First Peter said, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, not right now, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. What does that mean? It means to bring it before the Lord, forsake it, confess it, leave it, and go back and be changed. He wants us to come in with our experiences. He wants us to come in with our suffering. He wants us to come in with our pain. He wants us to come in with our difficulties. And he wants us to humble ourselves before him, lay it at his feet, cast it on him, throw it at him, the Bible says. Take it and cast it and be done with it. But oh, how many times we come through the door with our sin and leave it in the pews and go home doing the same things when he wants us to come through the door sanctified, set apart, saved, and presenting ourselves before him in a humble manner, giving it all over to him, and watch what he'll do with it. You think you can't deal with all the pain, suffering, difficulties, trials, troubles, and difficulties? You're 100% right. He doesn't want you to deal with them. He wants you to cast them before him, that he will take care of him because he loves us. He loved us well before we loved him. He gave himself on, on Calvary's cross that you and I may be saved. And now we've trusted him with our salvation, but we won't trust him with our pain. We won't trust him with our suffering. We won't trust him with our difficulties. We take them in here and we take them back and we try to solve them with worldly ways and, ex and expect results. That ain't happening. We got to take the word of God and believe it and live it and show it to other people through our testimony, through our walk, through our words and our ways, even and even more so in the difficult times. The world needs to see a smile while we're going through troubles. It says we're to rejoice, to rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice in the book of Philippians. He wants us to take all of our difficulties and rejoice in them that we may glory in our infirmities, Paul says, that when we are weak, we become strong. We show God's glory in our weakness. We show God's glory in our distress. We show God's glory in our pain, suffering, and difficulties. We don't show despair. If we do that, we show that there's no hope. We look at the world and say, I've given up. My God's no longer here. My Savior's no longer doing anything at all. I've given up hope on him. But when you suffer through it and you say, my God's got this. My Jesus is still on the throne. I don't know why I'm going through this yet, but I'm going to give it over to the Lord. I'm going to trust him to the end. I'm going to trust him unto death, the Bible says, that we go to the grave praising Jesus regardless. Stephen looked up when he was being martyred and he saw heaven. He saw Jesus. He knew where he was going and he smiled. He rejoiced even though he was being stoned and beaten and torn apart for his belief in Christ. You and I are going to suffer. We're going to be in despair. We're going to have troubles. This church is going to go through difficult times. The numbers may dwindle, but I'm not about numbers and neither is Jesus. He is about humility. He is about faithfulness. He is about the remnant. He is about what's going to happen inside this church that's going to glorify God, not man. Not me and you. Don't come in here saying, I need to hear what Dwayne has to say. No, you come through the doors hearing what God has to say because he has spoken loudly today. He has spoken effectively today. He has spoken truth today. God help us all.